and welcome back to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. It has been quite a while since I've recorded an episode. (laughs) Um, I've kind of taken a little unintentional hiatus since I've been in my third trimester. Um, But I got asked a question today via someone on Instagram and they asked if I had uh, ever done a podcast episode on mental health and pregnancy. And I'm like, you know what, that's actually quite a good idea (laughs) because the last time I've spoken about um I guess pregnancy and mental health was in my perinatal depression and anxiety video which was six years ago now so it's quite old (laughs) so I think I'm I'm due for another one and as I come to you right now I am 40 weeks and two days pregnant so Excuse me if I sound a little bit out of breath in this episode. It's because I am. There's no room in my lungs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I now that I've gotten to the end of another pregnancy um, and I've had a totally different experience this time around, I thought that it would be interesting to speak about, um, I guess, yeah, my mental health and how I how I found the difference between the two pregnancies. Um, Obviously I am on medication with this pregnancy, so I might speak a little bit about that. Um, I was, I actually, I did film a video on this for my YouTube channel, but I had, I had a bit of a strange um, moment where I, I felt weird filming the video. Like I felt really flighty afterwards and like I couldn't calm down. And I wasn't sure what that meant. Just bear with me while I explain this for a second. I I know they say that, you know, when you get in those flow zones and you lose track of time, it's a really good thing, right? It means that you're creating and that you're, um, yeah, I guess in the zone. And that happens to me when I'm filming videos for YouTube, but not in a good way. I don't feel... Um, I don't feel like I'm in the zone. I feel like I'm unaware of time. I feel flighty. I feel jumpy. I feel anxious and weird. And it kind of takes me a while to settle down from that. Um, and for whatever reason, after I filmed that video, I just didn't feel okay. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll wait to upload this video. And then a couple of days later, I was uh, looking on my phone And my daughter, who is seven, had recorded a video of herself walking around my house. And it was was quite cute, actually, Um, especially because she went into where Anthony was and said, this is my stepdad. But at the start of the video, she was like, hey, guys, welcome back to my channel. My name's Lila and I'm going to show you my house. And it just like as cute as it was, it unsettled me because I don't want um I don't want her to live in a world where um presenting something for the internet is more important than living it if that makes sense so I don't know just seeing her parroting what I was doing kind of rattled me a bit and I decided not to upload the video um (laughs) which is a really long-winded way of saying that I was going to speak about this on a video on my channel, but I decided not to. 
And then I also got into this stage where, you know, I was at the end of my pregnancy and I was just over it and I had no energy and no creativity and nothing, like absolutely nothing left to give. So I haven't been writing, I haven't been recording, I haven't been creating content or, you know, I always feel weird saying that because I don't think that's really what I do. But yeah, I haven't really been contributing anything um, worthy to my Instagram or my YouTube channel or the podcast. So yeah, (laughs) that's where I've been. And today at 40 weeks and two days, like I said, I just thought, you know what, this is as good a time as any to speak about this. So without further waffling, let's talk about pregnancy and mental health. So if you have um, happened to have watched my perinatal depression video from way back when, you'll know that I had a really poor experience during my first pregnancy. When I fell pregnant with my daughter, I was severely housebound at the time. Um, I was on medication. I was unable to leave the house. I was, I think, about a year and a half into dealing with agoraphobia. And I just, like, I was still looking for a way to cure myself. I was still looking for a way to fix everything. And so... um, I wasn't in a good headspace, basically. Found out I was pregnant and I immediately took myself off all of my medication. So at that time I was on a antipsychotic at nighttime and I was on a antidepressant during the day. Took myself off all that medication, cold turkey. That was horrendous, first of all, (laughs) not advisable. Uh, But, you know, being naive and and silly I decided to do it and my mental health rapidly declined it was kind of like the more pregnant I got the worse my mental health became and because I was housebound I also wasn't um I I say I was housebound but at the time I was still able to get to like the doctors and, and places like that it was just really difficult for me but I was able to get to appointments But then as my pregnancy progressed and my mental health got worse, I became severely housebound to the point where I wasn't going to therapy, I wasn't going to the doctors, you know, I wasn't going to checkups with my obstetrician. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house at all. And, you know, there were appointments that I was supposed to go to, like my gestational diabetes test and um, ultrasounds and things like that. And I could not go. I could not leave the house and I just, I got worse and worse and worse. And it was during, I think about my second trimester, um, like closer towards the third trimester, I hit a really bad point and I became quite suicidal. Um, I had no connection to the pregnancy. I like, I, I really wanted to be a mum. And I, it wasn't that I, um, it wasn't that I didn't want to be a mum, but it was that I didn't feel like this pregnancy was real. I didn't feel like I was, um, going to be a good mum. I couldn't imagine how I could, uh, have a baby in, in the 
the way I was. Like I couldn't imagine how, like how am I going to get to the hospital to have the baby? I can't even leave the house. Like how am I going to do this? And I just kind of uh, disconnected completely. I got to the stage where I couldn't eat, couldn't drink because I was so terrified of having a bowel movement or, um, you know, just needing the bathroom. I would try and have a shower and halfway through the shower I would give up because I just, like, it just took too much energy to finish the shower and get out and get dressed. I was crying all the time. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't okay. And I ended up bringing the perinatal depression hotline in Australia, which is called Panda. I will link them in the show notes. Amazing, amazing people. Um, basically, to cut a long story short, I got counselling. Uh, the CAT team was involved, which is a crisis and assessment team in Australia. The hospital got involved. Um, the doctors got involved. I ended up getting put back on antidepressants. And I fought that. Let me tell you, I fought that because um, I've spoken about this before in my medication episode, that when you are so overcome by anxiety due to bodily sensations, having to start a medication which increases your bodily sensations is one of the hardest things you can do. It's terrifying. It's like the very thing that's going to make you better is the thing that makes you feel worse. And that was one of the hardest times of my life. But um, I eventually got put on the medication that I'm on now, which is called Luvox. And I didn't like this one either. <laughs> I tried all these different medications, didn't like this one either, but basically got told to suck it up and just put up with it because it was the only one left and there wasn't anything else they could do for me. I ended up getting sent to a psychiatric ward um, which the psychiatric unit was going to be at the same place that I was going to give birth. I had elected to have a cesarean um, the whole way from the beginning of the pregnancy. I had said I want to have a cesarean primarily because I was terrified of going into labor randomly and not having any control over it. And so I figured that a C-section would give me more control and that I would know the exact date. I would be able to build up to getting myself out of the house to get to the hospital <laughs> because you know when you're agoraphobic it's all about control um and so yeah I, I the whole way I was gonna have a c-section going into labor was out of the question and so basically worked with the doctors and the psychi psychiatric unit and the cat team and everyone decided the best thing for me would be to go and stay at the psychiatric unit that was at the same hospital and then when my C-section was booked, like the day that it was booked for, I would move from the psychiatric unit downstairs to maternity and have my baby. So that was the plan. So it was like it didn't matter um, that I had to build up to getting to the hospital to have my baby on the day that she was due because I was already going to be there at the psychiatric unit, hopefully getting better for my mental health anyway. That was one thing, but getting myself to the hospital to be admitted to the psychiatric unit, that was a whole other thing. Like, to, to put it in perspective, the hospital was a 10-minute drive from my house and I just could not do it. 
But eventually, of course, I had to do it. So I got there, I got admitted. I was in the psychiatric unit for about a week and I cracked the shits and wanted to go home. Um, I begged them. I was like, I'm not, I'm not a crazy person. I don't belong here. Um, it was just agony. Like I had kind of expected that being in hospital would be like a little bit of a holiday. (laughs) I don't know why, but you know, the psychiatric unit was not what I expected. I was supposed to get up and have breakfast in the, um, like, what do you call it? The the common room, I guess. Then I was supposed to go to, um, meetings and like classes, um, you know, on like mindfulness and, uh, CBT stuff and then go to therapy and then have lunch. And then, you know, it was all regimented and I didn't want a bar of it because at that stage I was so wound up with anxiety that I couldn't Like I couldn't tear myself away from the bathroom most of the time. And like I would be in the common room eating breakfast or whatever and I would want to leave the common room to go back to my room but they wouldn't let you. Um, And, you know, it just (laughs) – I felt like I was in prison basically. Um, And so I wanted to leave and I kept telling the obstetrician every time he'd come in to see me, which was actually rare, like – you know, the doctor would come see me once a day or once every two days. And it was like, I would beg them to let me go home. And they would be like, but you can't promise us that you're going to come back on the day that your C-section's booked in. And I would be like, yes, I promise I will. And they were like, well, we don't believe you (laughs) because it took us this long to get you here in the first place, you know? Um, And they were like, why don't you leave the hospital and go for a little bit of a walk around the neighborhood? And I was like, I can't do that. (laughs) And they're like, well, how are you going to go home then? Like, yeah, it just, I felt completely trapped. And it sounds like, I guess they were quite, um, it sounds like they were quite mean in a way, but they really weren't at all. It was just that at the time I, they were trying to keep me there and I was trying to go home and I was trying to run away from a situation that I couldn't run away from. Um, But anyway, I ended up uh, having my cesarean date bumped up because my platelet count dropped. I have always suspected that the reason they actually moved my cesarean date was because I was about to discharge myself. (laughs) And I think they were worried, but I have no proof of that. That's just speculation. So anyway, my cesarean date got bumped forward And the obstetrician came into my room one morning and said, we're going to deliver your baby today, Um, which was crazy. Uh, I ended up having the cesarean much later that night. He told me at about 7 a.m. that they were going to deliver my baby today, but there were so many emergency seizures that day that mine got bumped to the last one. And I ended up delivering at about uh, 7.30 that night. And then... Honestly, from there, things, things totally changed. Like I had, I had Lila and I went home um, after about five days or so. I was quite shaky with my mental health in the beginning, but um, looking back, I can see that a lot of that was honestly just hormones and the natural progression of, of becoming a mum for the first time. I didn't have postnatal depression I'm very lucky that I didn't have postnatal depression. Um, And 
you know, when I brought Lila home was kind of when I started getting serious about exposure therapy. And I guess by that stage, I had also balanced on the new medication on the Luvox. So I was in quite a good place. Um, I mean, I was still agoraphobic, <laughs> but that was when things started to turn a corner for me and I started to take exposure therapy seriously and things got like so much better. Um, I didn't experience any of that disconnect. I will say that when I had the C-section, the actual surgery, I was terrified. Not of, um, I'm not scared of hospitals. I'm not scared of operations. I'm not scared of needles or anything like that. But what I was scared of was needing to pee and being trapped on a operating table and not being able to pee or accidentally peeing myself or, um, yeah, I was just terrified of not being in control. And I remember saying to my midwife so many times, I need the bathroom. And she was like, sweetheart, you haven't had liquids in about eight hours. You don't need the bathroom. And I was like, please, I'm going to pee everywhere. She was like, no, you're not. It's fine. And even if you do, no one cares. You've got a catheter in anyway. And I was like, oh, you don't understand. Like, I, that's how anxious I was. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't anxious about the actual um, surgery itself. But it was it was a really difficult thing for me to go through because of how anxious I was about losing control of my body. And I guess in that, in that scenario, I didn't really have control over my body at all. Um, I also just mind blanked on where I was going with that story. <laughs> But yeah, so basically I um, came home after having Lila and things got a lot better. Uh, obviously in the seven years that I've been a parent, my mental health has been challenging at times, but for the most part, I've been quite stable on my medication. If you have been with me for a long time, you might know that Lila's dad is not um, Anthony. So um, I met Anthony a few years ago now and, um, yeah, so he, he is not Lila's dad. He's Lila's stepdad. Um, and I knew when I met Anthony that I wanted to have another kid. I never only wanted one child, but obviously because I was single, I didn't have the means to have another child. Um but yeah, it was always in my plan. I always wanted to have another pregnancy. I was scared though because of how things had gone for me the first time. But I kind of put that to the back of my mind and I just sort of focused on, you know, like finding love again basically and just finding someone to even talk about having children with. Uh, but I was very upfront when I met Anthony that I wanted to have another child. Um, and so that was something we spoke about from pretty much the beginning and then when it, you know, it was clear that we were getting quite serious um, and we moved in together and he started being, you know, a parent to Lila um, and we started to have the conversation a little bit more seriously, we spoke about, um, you know, the fact that I'm on antidepressants and I didn't want to fall pregnant on antidepressants. I wanted to wean myself off my medication and then fall pregnant. Um, and I was kind of like, you know what, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm good with my mental health. Um, I 
you know, I work, I'm, I'm not agoraphobic anymore, I'm not housebound, you know, I have panic attacks but they don't really bother me very much, I travel, you know, I wasn't like held back in any way by anxiety really. So um, I kind of thought, well, it's, this is probably a good time to come off medication. At that time though, COVID-19 happened, <laughs> the whole world shut down, shit got crazy for everyone. But I still was like, you know what, this is a great time to come off my medication. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking either. But I guess somewhere I was like, you know, like I'm not going to work at the moment. Like I'm not having to go out anywhere because the whole world is kind of on pause. And, you know, maybe this is a good time to wean myself off. This wasn't my first rodeo with weaning. So I knew that it was going to be quite painful. <laughs> I anticipated that it was going to be very difficult. Um... But, you know, I had a goal in mind. I was like, I'm going to wean off medication and then we're going to try for a baby. So that was like the – it was on the horizon and so I was looking forward to that. Um, and there were other reasons I went off medication as well. I had some health issues um, which may or may not have been linked to antidepressants. So I was curious about how my health would change when I came off antidepressants. Anyway, that did not go well. My weaning – went terribly um, and I had to pull the pin after a couple of weeks because I, um, to put it bluntly, I became quite suicidal again and I I stopped, um, you know, it got beyond the point where it was okay for me to continue tapering off medication and I never even got to the stage where I was off completely. I was still taking the medication. I was just on a very low dose um, but I knew, I knew myself, I knew you know, that there was going to be a point where if I reached that point, then I knew that it was time to pull the pin on weaning. And I reached that point and I thought, okay, I have to take care of myself. I have to go back on medication. So I did. That in itself was a bit of a hiccup. Like it, I, I feel like when you mess with your medication dose, it's never quite the same and I am actually on a higher dose now than I ever was before. I was previously taking 50 milligrams, now I'm taking 75. Um, but that was just what I had to do to kind of get myself back into a balanced place again. Um, but yeah, so the thing was I was devastated going back on medication because I thought now I can't have a baby. Um, you know, I kept saying to Anthony, like, if I have to take medication again, I, it means we can't have a child. And I was just devastated by that. And I spoke about it on my Instagram and I actually got a couple of messages from people saying it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, I know people or I myself have been on medication during pregnancy. Um, you know, obviously you have to do what's right for you, but don't feel like you can't have another baby because you're on medication. And I am so grateful to those people for saying that to me um, because it honestly, it was kind of like it hadn't even occurred to me that I could do that. I was just so hell bent on weaning and being medication free and then falling pregnant that I just hadn't even thought of any other options. Um, but yeah, so anyway, for that, for that time, any, for that time, I just focused on getting stable again on my medication. Um, and I knew that, well, Anthony and I both knew that we wanted to travel a bit more before 
trying to have a baby um, and we had to wait for the world to open back up again before we could do that. Um, but we were lucky enough to travel to New Zealand uh, last year. We kind of snagged like a weird stage in between lockdowns where we managed to go overseas <laughs> and travel New Zealand for a few weeks, which was bizarre because it was like, honestly, it was like a week after we left Melbourne, Melbourne went back into lockdown again. So it was amazing that we made it there at all. Um, but we knew this was going to be like our big trip. Oh, but I fast forwarded a bit then. Sorry, I should go back. We started talking again about having a child, but we both decided that we wanted to go and speak to an obstetrician about whether or not it was safe to have a baby on the medication that I'm on. Because um, I guess neither of us knew enough about it and we didn't feel entirely comfortable doing it just without speaking to anyone about it. Um, so we booked in to see this obstetrician. We had an appointment with her and we, you know, listed everything that I've been through and medications that I'm on. And um, basically <laughs> we walked out of there and felt really at ease with falling pregnant with me on medication. She was very supportive of it. Um she was not supportive of me going off medication to have a baby. She was like, you know, you've tried that before. It hasn't worked. And your mental health is so important. The maternal mental health is so important as it's just as important as baby's health. Um, so yeah, she kind of gave us the green light. And so we were like, okay, we, we feel better about trying for a baby on medication. We traveled um, and we conceived a child. <laughs> uh, we didn't expect it to happen so quickly. I kind of, I half knew it was going to happen quickly, but also you never really know. Um, but yeah, we fell pregnant very quickly, which I feel very lucky that we did. Um, and this was when I started to get scared because I thought, okay, I'm on my med I'm on my medication. Like, hopefully this will go well, but I had no idea. All I had to go off was my last experience with pregnancy and how terrifying it was, frankly. Like how far I fell away from myself during that first pregnancy was awful. And I, I never wanted to go through that again, but here I was pregnant, like where I wanted to be. I was pregnant, but I was also on the precipice of, of not knowing which way it was going to go. And, um, I was really nervous. And so one of the first things that we did was I got in touch with, um, a mental health team at, um, the hospital that I, that we wanted to give birth at. Um, and I got a system put in place where, I was sort of half enrolled to this mental health outreach program where if I needed it, I just had to say the word and then all of these supports would be put in place for me um, and my mental health. So it was like this safety net knowing that if I needed it, it was there straight away. I just had to say, hey, I'm not coping. Um, and yeah, but I guess everyone kept saying to me, it's different this time around because you are already a mum, you are working, you are, you know, 
you're not agoraphobic, like you're in a totally different place than you were the first time around. You're in a loving, supportive relationship. You know, like things are going to be so different this time around just because of how different you are and how different your circumstances are. Um, And half of me believed that, but then the other half of me was like, but I'm still me and I'm still fucked up in the head, (laughs) you know? Like I still have very questionable mental health and maybe I have absolutely no business trying to be pregnant again. Um, So there was that that big fear in the back of my mind, like what if I've made a terrible mistake and I'm going to let my daughter down, my unborn baby down, my partner down, you know, everyone down. Um, But surprisingly, amazingly, thankfully, this pregnancy has been an absolute dream from start to finish, basically. Um, My anxiety has been... I'm going to say, look, it's been present for sure. I've had panic attacks during the pregnancy. Um, I've had anxious days. I've, I've had days where I felt depressed. But for the most part, it's, it's just been amazing. I haven't really experienced any issues with getting out of the house. Um, I was able to work pretty much the whole way through, although I did, I did go on unofficial maternity leave at about 32 weeks pregnant. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm overdue with my pregnancy at the moment. I'm past 40 weeks and I just came back from a long walk. Um, I have been getting out and about. I've felt, I felt more comfortable in my own body than I ever have in my life. And I felt more in touch with myself than I ever have in my life. And so it's really, this pregnancy has been a bit of a homecoming, which has been so incredible. And I i mean, I don't know, but I'm pretty certain that staying on medication has been pivotal to that. Um, I think it's been the best thing that I could have done was to stay on my medication and not mess with my dose at all. You know, I haven't tried to taper. I haven't tried to... Um, I just haven't changed anything. I did exactly what was working for me and I ran with it. I'm still meditating. Um, I'm currently undertaking my meditation teaching as well. Um, I am still doing yoga. I'm still um, doing all the things that I was doing prior to falling pregnant, but I'm doing them while pregnant, which has has been really wonderful. And... I have I yesterday I had a bad episode with with mental health where I had um really heightened anxiety yesterday and I had a panic attack and um I wasn't I was really cranky I wasn't feeling like myself but then today it's been the total opposite and I know that a lot of that is just the natural ebb and flow of not only pregnancy hormones and the fact that I'm very large at the moment, very out of breath, very tired, not sleeping well. Um, but also it's, it's the natural ebb and flow of my mental health in general, you know, like mental health is like the seasons in a lot of ways. It's going to be bright and sunny some days and it's going to be stormy other days. And, and it's not always supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to, you know, like, it's supposed to go up and down and, and 
our job is to learn how to sort of ride those waves and support ourselves through the dips as well as the highs. Um, and it's the one thing I will say about my mental health in this pregnancy is that it's given me a lot of space to when I have a panic attack or when I have an anxious day, I really consciously open towards it. I turn towards it and I ask, what am I, what am I supposed to learn from this? Um, I had a panic attack a couple of weeks ago where I sat outside and I slowed my breathing and I just like imagined myself turning to face my panic and I just said what do I need to know what do I need to do like I just really focused on opening myself and expanding myself to what was happening um and I guess prior to being pregnant I was kind of getting there but I was still sort of trying to turn away from discomfort and trying to turn away from anxiety whereas for some reason having this baby growing in me and and feeling so expansive already has given me greater confidence in facing the things that are uncomfortable because to be honest I'm uncomfortable every fucking day <laughs> like physically uncomfortable um this pregnancy has taught me a lot about um you know I've had to deal with like morning sickness and feeling nauseous and um I've had to deal with a lot of like body discomfort, which was a sore spot for me prior to being pregnant. It was still something that I wasn't very good at. You know, there's days where you feel sick and you're like, am I sick or is it anxiety? Those days I found really hard. Um, whereas now I've had nine months to really practice feeling uncomfortable and feeling nauseous. And I guess ultimately I'm just so grateful that um, I'm so grateful that I made the decision to stay on the medication and I'm grateful that um, that I was supported in that by the midwives, by the obstetricians, uh, by, by the health team in general. Everyone has been supportive of me staying on medication. All the midwives I've spoken to have said, oh, I'm so glad that you stayed on. She goes, you, you know, one of them in particular said to me, you wouldn't believe how many mums go off medication as soon as they find out they're pregnant and then everything goes bad. And I'm like, I would believe it because I was one of those mums with my first pregnancy. The other difference that has been like night and day for me this time around is that for whatever reason with this pregnancy, I feel called to experience birth, um, experience labour, experience my body you know, hopefully going into labor on its own. So far, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And I might have to be induced because this baby just doesn't want to come out. Um, but, you know, like I said, the first time around for me was all about control, all about, um, you know, electively having a C-section because I wanted to be in control of everything. Ironically, I was in control of nothing um, <laughs> with the C-section, but you know, I, I had this illusion that picking the date that my baby was born was giving me more control. Being able to say when I was going to the hospital was giving more control. You know, telling my body when to jump, that was me being in control. Whereas this time it's like 
I want to experience what my body does. You know, I'm not in control at all here. Like every morning, every night, I'm like, is this labor? Am I going into labor today? And it, I just have to surrender, which is so hard. Let me tell you, I am so frustrated and so cranky a lot of the time because I'm like, I just want this baby out and she's not coming out. And it's just like, I'm just so annoyed. Um, but it's been a huge lesson for me in terms of patience and just the difference between back then being terrified of my body and now being in awe of my body is amazing. Um, I am aiming for a water birth. That's the plan, but I know that it's unlikely that the plan will, you know, run smoothly. Who knows how I'll end up birthing this baby. Um, and ultimately, like, however I have to do it is fine. If I end up having an emergency Caesar, whatever, just so long as we're all healthy at the end of the day. But um, I'm I'm so interested and I'm so leaning towards just letting it unfold however it's supposed to instead of trying to control every single outcome and that's huge like just to to see the difference between myself to see the difference in myself between back then not wanting to release my grip on control in any way to me now just wanting to go with the flow is yeah like I said it's everything um so I guess my my main lessons here <laughs> for, for me not for anyone else the main lessons I've learned is that just because something went a certain way the first time that's not an indicator of how it's going to go the second time um just because I have poor mental health sometimes doesn't mean that I'm always bound to being this absolute mess who can't do any of the things that I want to do um, and there's always more room to learn, more room to surrender, more room for me to connect closer with my body and to really come into myself more. Um, and I'm honestly excited about going into labor and, um, I'm excited about, you know, if any fears come up during labor, I'm excited about surrendering to them and, and just, really I'm excited about letting myself go through something scary and something uncertain and just seeing how I go you know just traveling along that path and trusting that whatever happens is going to be for the best because trust trust is something that I didn't have for so many years and I'm still learning how to trust, like how to trust my own body, how to trust the natural unfolding of things, you know, how to trust that when I panic, I'm going to come back down from it. I'm still learning all these things. And I'm, I'm grateful that I get this opportunity to really, really surrender and really trust. Um, anyway, I'm completely out of breath now. <laughs> And that's about all I had energy for. Um, if you have any questions regarding that episode, drop me a line on Instagram or um, via email. 
I am at hello at Lauren, no, hello at imlaurenrose.com. Jesus, my brain's just fried. Um, I hope that episode was helpful and hopefully next time we chat, I will have a new little baby. I hope you're all well. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.